And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Dr. Peter Hammond. He lives in South Africa, has been on before with us, and he runs Frontline Fellowship. Uh, Peter, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Always good to be with you, Dan. Thank you. God bless Redeemer Broadcasting. (laughs) Uh, Peter, before we open the mic, you briefly mentioned that you folks are on lockdown also, and it sounded like it was very severe. Can you tell us what you're going through there in South Africa? Yes, for over 40 days now, we've been on a complete lockdown, and by that they mean you're not allowed out of your house unless you've got a serious medical appointment at the hospital. You've got to carry the papers with you. If you're going just to the uh, shop to Uh, And even then, you must wear masks outside. Until this week, they did not allow people even to exercise. Now, uh, only since uh, the 1st of May are we allowed to exercise. And then only between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. in the morning, a three-hour window. And you've got to wear masks the whole time outside. I mean, imagine running, cycling and so on with a mask. That's not even healthy or wise. No, it's not. But... (laughs) But for the first five weeks of the lockdown, they wouldn't even allow people to walk their dog or to walk in their street or their neighborhood or anything like that. It's quite insane. So, uh, of course, our national parks are off limits, our mountains, our uh, canal, not allowed anywhere near any green belt. In fact, we still aren't. In the first week of the lockdown, they mobilized the army um, and uh, the army and police managed to kill more people with gunfire than the coronavirus killed. Uh, so it just shows how, you know, your government's got your best interests at heart. They're doing everything they can to make sure that this virus doesn't get you, uh, even to the point of, of deadly force, which is absolutely insane. That is. So the vast majority of work is, is illegal. And basically, you take a mission like ours. None of us were allowed to uh, leave home or travel to the mission or uh, those who were residents, of course, were there. That's fine. But uh, we couldn't travel in now. Uh, we had waiting in the harbor two containers uh, over the last few weeks of tons of Bibles and books and Sunday school materials, gospel booklets waiting to come for delivery. And they couldn't offload these. These were due in March, but because we went into lockdown in March, March 26th, we couldn't get them. Well, they went now into level four. We were on level five. We've gone to level four lockdown, which is almost as bad. But we managed because of this, to get our containers offloaded on the 1st of May and delivered to us on the 2nd of May, and we had lots of paperwork, <laughs> huge mm. amount of paperwork, and we all needed special police permission to travel through to the mission to offload these containers, and so on, on Saturday, the 2nd of May, we managed to offload two containers, a 20-foot and a 40-foot container, 35 tons of Bibles and books, uh, one container was palletized, uh, we had to hire a a forklift to be able to get those all out and the other container was just uh, books and Bibles boxes crammed and so we offload those by hand so from 6am on Saturday morning we were offloading 35 tons and uh, uh, to do this we had to contact a local police who we know because we go to their prayer meetings we supply them with Bibles they know us mm. and they assured us they would have a car circling so that if any army or other police came past and harassed us. Uh, just give them a call. There'll be a quick response to to ensure that we're not harassed. 
Um, but that's the level we have to go to because you've got characters who've come here, some of whom have very little training and next to no knowledge of the law, who have arrested people for surfing, walking their dogs, doing yoga in the park, whatever it is, and uh, in, in some cases beaten people up, in some cases shot people for just being outside. It's it's like martial That's law terrible. insanity. But that anyway, is. by God's grace, on Saturday in our mission, we managed to offload 35 tons of Bibles, books, gospel materials, Sunday school materials, which we are distributing free throughout Africa. And already this week, because we are an educational ministry, most of our, our books can fall under education. Uh, we've got a special permit that people can come one at a time, <laughs> wearing a mask, <laughs> hand sanitizers, (laughs) but but we are back to just reading our Bibles and books and people are coming to our mission and we back operation again, but we were closed down for uh, 40 days uh, of of nothing and now we're still very, very restricted in travel and you still have roadblocks and show me your papers and so it certainly seems a lot more harsh than what the average person in America is going through on the so-called lockdown. Oh, I think it is, Peter. Uh, you guys have it far worse than even we do. And um, both of us feel the um, the sadness when government overreaches and goes way beyond what they are really allowed to do <laughs> under the guise of trying to protect us. They're actually hurting us. Uh, in your case, they've actually shot citizens, and that that is just shocking, uh, shouldn't be that way. Peter, this shows, however, the, um, the darkness of man's heart without the Savior. Even those who do know the Savior sometimes reject the law of God as a guideline for living. So um, tell us more about your missionary efforts and your desire to get the word out. Now, you You've been doing this for years. Um, tell us a little bit about Frontline Fellowship and, and what you've been doing there. Yes, uh, it's actually quite um, ironic in a real sense because for the last over 38 years, my priority has been serving persecuted churches, smuggling Bibles into communist and Muslim countries, working in war zones. And so I'm used to restrictions over there across the border. I've not been used to restrictions here in our home missionary mm-hmm. sending base and, and, and for our own family. So it's, it's uh, in one sense, helping us again to feel a lot of the pressures that our brethren in the Middle, Middle East, uh, in Muslim countries or under communist countries, what, what they're suffering. So uh, as, as a mission, uh, we've always been a Bible delivery, Bible smuggling, Bible distribution ministry, Bible teaching, because the biggest needs in Africa are Bibles. We have officially, according to Operation World, 500 million people in Africa who call themselves Christians. And according to Operation World as well, not even um, uh, 100 million of those Christians have their own Bible. So they say there's well over 100 million church-going Christians in Africa who do not have even a New Testament of their own. So uh, you can see there's... Tremendous church growth in Africa, but not enough discipleship and certainly not enough Bibles or Bible teaching. In many of the areas we go to in Africa, we will find that there could be a couple of hundred churches with only one pastor amongst them who's actually had any Bible college training. And all the others are self-taught, highly motivated people who are trying to do the best they can. And then you'll find pastors amongst those who may not even have 
a full Bible or um, who only have a Bible and a couple of books. In some cases, they've got nothing resembling a study Bible, concordance, anything like that. So uh, it's been very important for us as a mission to provide Bibles, provide Bible teaching, to uh, provide leadership training and libraries for pastors. We try to donate a book to everybody who attends a seminar or conference of ours so that if they attend several of our conferences or seminars, they start to build up a bit of a library. And so we, we have different books at different seminars and, and build them up so that this has become really wonderful. And some people like R.C. Sproul donated over 2,000 Reformation study Bibles to us over the years. Oh, that's for wonderful. Us to trust into the hands of key pastors. And you can imagine what a tremendous blessing this is to a person who's barely got even enough books to fit on one little shelf. And now he's got a study Bible like this. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, we, we try to enrich Christians in persecuted areas, the, the neglected Christians. And this work goes as far north as Sudan and Egypt and as far west as Nigeria and even to Liberia and uh, to Guinea-Bissau and other areas. So throughout Africa, I personally have traveled in 42 countries and done missionary work in 38 countries over the last 38 years. That's amazing. Thank the Lord that you're able to serve Him and your strength has remained and you're still you're still at it. You're doing it. <laughs> it's a great encouragement to us to see this. Um, so you're locked down. You're continuing to work the mission. Do you ever get discouraged? Um, how does God's Word help you to remain optimistic? I don't think I get discouraged that much, and if I do, it's not for more than a couple of seconds, um, because there's just so much that needs to be done, and then there's so much feedback that one gets from lives changed and transformed and answers to prayer that, that we keep energized, and I've just earlier this year uh, celebrated 60 years, um, my 60th birthday, so that amazed me. I was converted when I was 17, 1977. Uh, I was born 1960. So I've, I've lived in Africa all my life. I was born in South Africa in Cape Town. I was raised in Rhodesia. I've lived through two uh, traumatic revolutions. Um, my home country of Rhodesia has been destroyed by the communist Zimbabwean uh, dictatorship of Mugabe and Manangagwa. And uh, I'm seeing communists try to destroy my home country of South Africa too. So I started out working behind enemy lines, and now our mission headquarters is also kind of behind enemy lines. So it would seem that that could discourage one. But I think a strong faith prepares one for tough times. And praying the Psalms and studying church history and learning about the reformers and the missionaries like the David Livingstons and William Careys and Mary Slessor, uh, these great missionaries of the past who've done so many great works that really energizes us. And then, of course, we get the testimonies of the persecuted church, uh, like these people up in Egypt and Sudan who just are so resilient. And they, they're so steadfast that that energizes me that I've got to get back and we've got to help them and delivering lots of material. So, for example, uh, last year we delivered over 125,000 Bibles and Christian books just into the Nuba Mountains of Sudan alone, 125,000 in one year. And uh, when I look back uh, over all the years, we have delivered and distributed well over 850,000 Bibles and Christian books into Sudan and South Sudan alone, not counting 
I work in the Congo, Zimbabwe, Zambia, Angola, Mozambique, and many other places. So while Sudan's been our main focus in the last 25 years, uh, it's been exciting for me to see that the work I've started in Sudan, and I did 27 missions into Sudan over the years, um, and uh, had well over 1,200 meetings and services in the country. But now my son-in-law and other missionaries, the next generation, are keeping on the mission and continuing it and even breaking my records of uh, the amount of Bibles able to take and deliver to the people there. And for example, last year, they ministered in something in a region of 230 schools. And I forget how many churches, something like 80 different churches in Sudan and uh, giving leadership training and delivering these materials. And uh, uh, it's it's so exciting to see that the Church of Christ in Africa is not just surviving persecution, it's thriving. And the church is growing. It's growing exponentially. And now in Sudan, we're talking about a Muslim country where we've got schools that were predominantly Muslim inviting our missionaries to come and teach them English and deliver them Bibles in English because they want to learn English because they are dis, uh, disgusted, basically, with the cruelty of the radical Islam jihad of their government. And so you've got Muslim schools wanting to go from Arabic to English and wanting us to give them Bibles as textbooks and teach them the Bible because they'd rather turn to the Bible because they feel sick of their Arabic uh, heritage. Uh, yes. Who could have imagined something like this happening? So, yes, even though a lot of bad things happen, uh, we are excited to be amongst some of the fastest growing churches in the world today, which is in Africa. And while Africa is a continent in conflict, I've got no doubt that the end of this conflict is Africa will be one to Christ. Oh, amen. So you're not discouraged except for seconds at a time. And, <laughs> and it's due to a couple of things that I heard. One is... Um, basically the promises of God in Scripture, and two, what he continues to do. He, he's amazing us how he spreads his word to people, converting their hearts, giving them a love for Jesus Christ, and that just keeps you going. Yes, it does. Because the Lord who gave us the Great Commission will infallibly enable us to fulfill the Great Commission. Every time the Lord gave the Great Commission, at the end of each of the four Gospels and the beginning of Acts, in the different situations and to different compositions of people, the Lord always gave a promise along with a command. And uh, when he told us to make disciples of all nations, he promised that he would be with us for all time and he would have all, that he has all authority. When the Lord breathed on the disciples, said, as the Father sent me, so send I you, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, at Acts uh, 1 verse 8, when you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to uttermost parts of earth. Uh, when the Lord gave a command, he added the promise. And so when we work for the Lord, we actually work with the Lord. And the Lord confirms the message with signs following. Transform lives, people uh, renewed and, and regenerated. And you, you can see the power of the word of God. So it's not us. It's the word of God that changes people's lives. It's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So... I don't know if there's a greater privilege on earth than to handle the Word of God, whether verbally, digitally, in print form, uh, a broadcast, uh, it's power. Uh, faith comes from hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so I have every conviction and assurance that God's cause will triumph and there will not be a square inch of this planet that will not be under the Lordship of Christ 
The day will come when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the earth will be as full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the seas are full of water now. Oh, amen. Amen. I uh, typed your name in, and uh, a link came up on Amazon. It's it's not the link to your um, ministry, but it's on Amazon, and it talks all about you, and it's um, it's fascinating to read. Today we're talking with Dr. Peter Hammond. He's a missionary, a friend of the ministry, and uh, we've talked with him before. And he's locked down in South Africa right now, and draconian measures are put in place worse than what we have been going through here in the States. And um, so bad, in fact, some people who have uh, not quite abided by the measures actually were shot by the government uh, as they were trying to walk around and that sort of thing. Uh, Peter, we have maybe uh, 13 you know, minutes left or so. Um, I want to go back to the idea of people, um, maybe there are, are uh, locked down in their house and um, maybe they're of a different makeup than you are, <laughs> and 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 they're very discouraged. Maybe they're going through some depression. Um, uh, any any guidance? Um, you know, we're not a counseling ministry here, but um, we do believe in the Word of God. And any guidance that you might have for these people um, today? Yes. Well, of course, inactivity is deadly. And uh, we need sunshine, and we need physical activity, and we need fresh air to get out. So whatever one can do for that, uh, one must. And it's just so unfair for people who are in an apartment block, some of whom don't even get the sun shining uh, through the windows uh, because of, of the uh, how uh, high rise some places are. So uh, I, I can only feel for such people. But what we've tried to do in our home is – We've been working remotely. We could see this coming. And so we rigged things up and got our, a lot of our work uh, able to be done remotely. So we've been strengthening our web-based ministries. And uh, over the last uh, 40 days of lockdown, we have massively increased our ebooks and our free PDFs and our uh, William Carey Bible Institute, which has been designed first and foremost to reach and teach remote areas and we've put 27 different subjects online completely free and put uh, books and audios and videos and lectures and tracts and uh, all kinds of resources and links and tremendous amount of materials on these different subjects. Everything from history, Reformation, Great Commission, Biblical Law, uh, Christian Action, uh, through to Revival, Prayer, uh, many things like that. And uh, if anyone wants to go into William Carey bi.com it's william carey bi short for bible institute so william carey bi.com website totally free and there's vast amounts of books we've had authors donate their books to us to have available online that people can access it now the whole purpose of this was for our ministry to persecute christians in restricted access areas and very difficult areas and to be honest we were thinking of christians in egypt and uh uh Algeria and many places like that in, in Africa when we first drew this up. But now we, it's just available to anyone around the world. We all locked down now. And uh, there's, there's great, inspiring, uplifting materials on Great Commission and on church history and, and Reformation history and missions history. And uh, I've been putting uh, many of my lectures on video format. Uh, three years ago, we started a program of um, screen capture. So whenever I give a lecture with PowerPoint – we're making a video of it so that it, it, it 
it bonds together the PowerPoint visual with the audio of the lecture and turns into a video. So very well illustrated with all the documentation and films and maps and pictures and so on um, for whatever the subject is, whether we're talking about uh, great character studies and, and so on, um, whether it's of reformers or missionaries and so on. And these are very uplifting biographies. And so there's different uh, parts of this are available on our website. So if people go onto the Frontline Mission, SA.org website, they'll see a whole range of audios and videos and PowerPoints available and articles. We're living in a visual world. And so I've realized uh, years ago, we saw the need to make a lot of our materials available by audio. And so many of my lectures and sermons are now available on Sermon Audio over 800. And uh, many of the videos, I don't know how many hundred of the presentations are on in video format, but it's at least 200. And then PowerPoints, I know we've got over 260-odd are up on SlideShare. And uh, these keep being added to. And what we've done also now, because of the lockdown, is try to make things more accessible with tracts. So there's over 80 of our evangelistic and discipleship tracts or social issue tracts that are uh, totally available now uh, digitally on our web now. I've put all my sermons and Bible studies, including summarizing every book of the Bible, on livingstonfellowship.co.za. And the reason why it's on Livingston Fellowship instead of Frontline Fellowship is because the Frontline Fellowship web is banned and blocked in virtually the entire Muslim world and communist world. I've got friends who've got to work in places in the Middle East, and they say we can't access the Frontline website. It's blocked, which understandable. We're a mission to the Muslim world. And so I had to get another... Uh, uh, platform which didn't deal with persecution or exposing the bad guys it just gives bible studies and preaching and teaching and the livingston fellowship site doesn't seem to be blocked so that's why we've we've loaded all the sermons and tracts and evangelistic materials and and summaries of every single book in the bible uh, old new testament survey is available audio and and text and increasingly some even on video too uh, on on the livingston fellowship and now a totally new project that we've just got up and running in time for lockdown is the message of Nabi Isa. Now, this has been designed for Muslims. Muslims call Jesus the prophet Jesus in Arabic. That's Nabi Isa. And so it's the message of Nabi Isa is the website, message of Nabi Isa. And one accesses it, and it's available in a way that is understandable to Muslims. There's a gospel presentation and PowerPoint and audio and video format. And then there's the Injil, that's the Gospels of Jesus, available online a good evangelistic tract, what do you think of the Messiah? Now, these are all available for you to share with Muslim contacts. So you can evangelize from your lockdown position with people who are Muslims, whether you're using some social media platform or email. But um, if people have access to the internet at all, uh, there's a whole lot of resources that one can use for evangelism. We've tried to get very creative to help the persecuted church over the years. And uh, in some places, we've got to deliver them digital libraries. So we've been putting digital libraries together on little SD cards. And uh, these SD cards, maybe a four gigabyte or eight gigabyte SD card that can fit into a smartphone. You'd be amazed what you fit on it. And we've smuggled hundreds of these in the field and put them in hands of key Christians in countries like Egypt. And it's got, on one little SD card, you can have the Jesus film in Arabic, the Bible in Arabic, the Bible audio in Arabic, a whole lot of Bible studies, several books, and a whole lot of other things too. And that's where it started. And then we started putting all of that on the web as well. So you can go on our web and 
we'll even have Arabic and Russian and um, German and French and a whole lot of other languages available too. So uh, it's it's quite exciting. And most of us wouldn't normally think in this way. But now that we can't go door to door and we can't be standing in the street corner at the traffic light handing out literature, we can do it digitally. And through the ones of the World Wide Web and different platforms, we can uh, evangelize people far away. And um, that's a lot of what we've been busy with while we've been on lockdown. And I hope that will be a blessing to some people as they try to use their time while uh, being locked down to be involved in ministry. And that's therapeutic. But if I could just add something else, when I was a prisoner locked up in solitary confinement, and um, that's happened a couple of times in my life, uh, back in the 80s and in Zambia, it was a communist country and communist Mozambique as well. Um, I didn't have space. And when you're in a little place, there's this one cell I was in, and I could stretch out my hands and touch both, both walls at the same time. And I could, with my toes, touch one wall, with my head be touching the other wall. So literally, that's the size of the cell. There's not much you can do in a cell like that. And there was no bed, there was no furniture, there's no blankets or sheets or pillow or anything. It's just, just me and some rats and uh, a whole lot of insects, crawling, biting uh, insects. And uh, But there was a, a barred window, which I used to leap up, grab, and lift myself up to a bit of um, pull-ups so I could see outside as well, and uh, sometimes see a bit of the sun. And I'd do whatever exercise I could do in that little area. And, of course, reciting scripture memory, um, singing songs aloud uh, to encourage other prisoners, soldiers confined, as well as myself. And... Uh, but even when I had no space at all and I was locked in this disgusting uh, disease factory, uh, I, I found the opportunity to revive my devotional life. And, and I must say, um, when some of my family are complaining about this lockdown here, I said, but you know, for many Christians around the world, in the Muslim world and communist world and North Korea and so on, uh, this is normal. And many of them don't have access to what we've got. And I hope this helps us to identify with our persecuted brethren. Remember those who are in chains, you know, as we, we're in the same body, as though you're chained with them, because we can, they can chain our body, but they cannot chain our spirit and our soul. Amen. Amen. I wish we could talk longer. We're out of time today. We've been talking with Dr. Peter Hammond, and he heads up Frontline Fellowship, He's the founder and director of that. And we'll put some links on our website, uh, Peter, uh, to direct people to the places that you mentioned during your talk here today. And I want to thank you very much for joining us. Been a great pleasure. God bless you, Dan. God bless all listeners. God bless Redeem Broadcasting. And dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 